calls to bring forward the tax cuts. Let's have a look. Good afternoon everyone, Florian Heiser here with my Sunday afternoon coffee and I hope you're avoiding all your weekend chores as much as I am. I thought we'd have a look at this article from ABC and it's to do with calls to bring forward the federal government's tax cuts to help stimulate the economy. Now I'm always a fan of tax cuts. I think, redu oh, I think reducing government and giving money back to people generally is the smarter thing to do most of the time because government has a master's degree, a PhD and is writing their third book on the art of inefficient use of resources. Maybe I'm a little biased there, but so let's have a look at this. Growing calls for the federal government to bring tax cuts forward. Well, what do you think, guys? Do you think the government should bring the tax cuts forward? Should they abandon their drive for a budget surplus to help stimulate the economy? Let us have that discussion in the comments because they're going to... Here's the thing. The government isn't as big as some people realize with regards to the influence it can have on the economy, but it still can have some, some. Usually it's it's for the worse when they're trying to do the best, but that's a whole other topic. So, when Prime Minister Scott Morrison warned Australians of the likelihood that the virus could become a pandemic last week, he suggested it was a good thing the federal budget was close to generating a surplus. I can tell you this, Australia would not have been as well prepared for dealing with these series of crises that we have been dealing with now for months were it not for the calm, sober and methodical financial discipline that we have put in place over the last six years. I remember last year, people last year in October, in August and September telling us to splash money around on goodness knows what. We kept our heads at that point and we've kept our heads as we're continuing to move through these crises now. But two days later, Westpac's chief economist, Bill Evans, said the Commonwealth budget should not be anywhere near surplus in these conditions and not because of the cost of the bushfires or the virus. The bottom line is that a country that is running unemployment well above the NAIRU, the non-accelerating inflation rate of unemployment, and is well below its inflation targets, should not have the luxury of a surplus, Mr. Evans said. Maybe, maybe we should just cut some of the dead weight in the government. How much money is the government investing in things that are not paying, providing a payoff? How much foreign aid is our government using? Perhaps we can scale back on that for a time being until there's a surplus. Maybe we need to hardwire some things into Parliament to restrict our politicians' ability to spend. It's clearly saying that the policy settings are inappropriate. I believe that we will start to see the government reviewing that issue over the next few months. And as you know, we've been strongly of the view that they should bring forward the tax cuts. And what we've seen of the last month only makes the stronger argument, not a weaker argument. So economist criticisms weren't heard. Commons, comments of such a political nature from Mr. Evans would normally make headlines, but, the, uh, but they pass silently amid the maelstrom of news about stock markets plummeting, plummeting Australia's dollar dropping to 11-year lows and fears the virus outbreak reaching pandemic levels. However, if we understand what Mr. Evans is talking about, 
then we'll better appreciate this week's economic data. The Reserve Bank is meeting to discuss interest rates on Tuesday. GDP data will come out on Wednesday and retail sales figures will come out on Friday. Now, the Reserve Bank, I just checked from the ASX, there is a about 89% of people or an 89% chance that they won't cut rates. Do you think we'll cut rates, guys? Do you think we'll see a rate cash, a rate cut to the cash rate? We'll have to see. That was estimated on the 27th. So we'll have to see what happens. So what's happening to the economy? Australia's inflation rate is running at about 1.8%. The unemployment rate is 5.3%. And the economy is growing slowly at 1.7%. Well, okay, there's three things here. Inflation doesn't really count for the increasing cost of housing. The unemployment rate uses one methodology. I prefer the Roy Morgan. So housing, if we add that, we get 0.5 additionally to that inflation rate. Roy Morgan is, I think, what? over 9% last time I checked, 9.7. And I'm just scrolling up to see the title of that video I did. Yep, 9.7. Whereas we really should also, what's more important is the underutilization rate and the economic growth of 1.7%. We've actually been on, you know, declining at a per capita rate. We've been below trend per capita. So we'll have to see, guys. The Reserve Bank aims to have inflation sitting at about 2.5% on average over the medium term. And it thinks the unemployment rate needs to drop to 4.5% at least for inflation to start picking up. Economists call that sweet spot for the under unemployment rate and no non-accelerating inflation rate of unemployment, or N-A-I-R-U. What's that? How do you pronounce it? Nairu? We'll call it that. When Mr. Evans talks about the Nairu being too high, that's what he's talking about. He thinks Australia's unemployment rate needs to drop significantly for inflation to move in the direction the RBA wants. Because the RBA always wants always wants everything to lose, or your purchasing power of money to lose value. You know, that 3% tax or 2.5% tax you pay just by the loss of the paper value of your money to nudge you in the right direction to spend. Be a good little, good little consumer. So what's required for the unemployment rate to drop significantly? Economic growth. And why would we have growth in this country when so much of our investment of our civilization has gone into flipping houses? 57% of the wealth, guys. That's not, not good. But where will that economic growth come from when the Reserve Bank has already cut the official interest rate to a record low of 0.75, leaving it with little firepower to kickstart growth without inflating asset prices? Well, what you need to do is go into negative territory to force people to spend even more. Here's a question for you. With all the issues that we're having in the stock market, do you think there'll be a bump to property, people jumping into there? We'll have to see that. I, I suspect that will affect the upper quartile. I don't affect, don't think that will affect the majority of property, just like this unit price growth chart is showing here in Sydney, how it's not equal growth. So back to the article, it's a conundrum. And curiously, the RBA still estimates Australia's economy will grow by 2.75% over 2020, up from 1.75 and by 3% over 2021. Well. I mean, GDP growth 
isn't going too well. The RBI has a terrible track record of making economic predictions. I mean, I, I can't say I'm surprised at all. I, these are ludicrous, these predictions. I, they have, I'm certain they'll update them. Many economists think the RBA's estimates are too optimistic. Well, I think many people, not just economists. On Friday, NAB Group Chief Economist Alan Oster said he expected growth would more likely be 1.3% for 2020 and 2.7% for 2021. According to Mr. Evans, in such jittery conditions, there's no way the RBA can achieve its economic growth target without assistance from federal government spending. That's why, he says, the Morrison government should be bringing forward its planned tax cuts to flush the economy with cash quickly to get people spending again. Well, I can tell you one thing. I would rather tax cuts than QE. I would rather hard tax cuts than QE. You know. And he's not the only one. Commonwealth Bank... See, here's an idea. What if, for the first $100,000 people earned, it was completely tax-free? But if you wanted to contribute, you could voluntarily pay a tax on that. So people who are arguing for high tax cuts, all those those champagne socialists could just take at the beginning of the year, okay, I will happily contribute to the nation. So PAY Go takes it out. Everyone else, you don't have to. What, what about that as an idea? What do you reckon? And then the, the suburbs with the greater number of people who are voluntarily ticking that have access to more of the financial funding. Maybe you get where government can spend money is linked to where citizens are deciding to pay more tax. What do you think about that idea, guys? I'm not saying all of the money should be uh, distributed that way, but, you know, we're getting all the government, what, what's it called, pork barreling all over the place, giving all this rubbish to, to win votes. I wonder if this system would be any better. Let me know your opinion to that one in the comments, guys. Because, you know, so many people want to pay more tax. I'm just, I was just reading a few tweets about champagne socialists saying, tax us more, please. We want healthcare for everyone. And I'm just just rolling my eyes. I can't even be bothered with Twitter anymore, <laughs> to be honest. Anyway, Commonwealth Bank senior economist Gareth Arad warned in November the government's budget settings were hurting the economy and he said it ought to bring its tax cuts forward. At present, the stance of fiscal policy adopted in the federal budget is contradictory. Mr. Arad said a few months ago, growth in taxation is greater than growth in expenditure, which is why the deficit has shrunk and the budget is now essentially balanced. But shrinking the Commonwealth budget in this manner in pursuit of a surplus effectively, effectively sucks money out of the economy. Well, all taxation sucks money out of the economy. Putting it, you know, giving the increased wage growth in the private public sector higher percentage growth in the private sector that's all sucking money out of the out of the economy why do you care about that now so gdp data this week on wednesday i'm just checking here no no oh yes yep on wednesday yep we're getting that on wednesday when the bureau of statistics releases gdp figures we'll get data confirming if the economy weakened in the last three months of last year well guys what do you think do you think we'll get positive or negative GDP data. I'm just checking here. I'm looking at, um, what is it? GDP growth data, forecast is 0.4 and consensus is 0.4. GDP growth year on year, forecast is 1.9, consensus is 2%. So we'll have to see 
we'll have to see if that actually aligns with what comes out. However, so economists suspect the data will show the economy ec economy's growth rate hasn't changed much from 1.7%. However, they think Australia's GDP will record a notable noticeable slice in the March quarter because that's when the impact of the summer's catastrophic bushfires and the fallout from the coronavirus will show up in the data. Mr. Oster said if 2019 ends with a growth rate of about 1.8%, it will signal there's grow, growing spare capacity in the economy. While the current focus of policymakers has turned to the impact of the coronavirus outbreak, a soft end to 2019 will confirm the underlying weakness in the economy, such that higher unemployment lies ahead, Mr. Oster said. Indeed, we think unemployment will increase to around 5.5% by 2020, with the RBA cutting rates as soon as April, with the fallout from the uh, virus adding to the case for easier policy, for easing policy or easier policy. So monthly update on Comor's financial position. Late on Friday afternoon, Minister for Finance Matthias Cormann released the Morrison government's monthly update on its budget position. It showed that the government published its mid-year budget update in December. It was expecting the underlying cash balance from the 2019-20 financial year through to January 31, 2020, which showed a deficit of $22.8 billion. However, the deficit is currently $26.8 billion, 3.7 billion larger than expected two months ago. Mr. Corman said, we shouldn't make too much of these figures because timing differences between when receipts are received and when payments are made can make the balance appear worse than it is. And December and January are consistently two of the most volatile months. However, at this point in the budgetary cycle in February 2019, the budget's deficit was 20, uh, sorry, 2.9 billion smaller than expected. And in February 2018, it was 6.4 billion smaller than expected. So there you go, guys. There you go. What do you think? What do you think about the call to bring, bring tax cuts forward? Do you think all the push for more government stimulus and government spending? Let me know your thoughts and opinions in the comments below. I mean, what about my idea? First hundred grand tax free and people can volunteer to contribute more. Anyway, thank you all for watching. Please like, share and subscribe to the channel. If you're a fan and you want to contribute and help us grow, there are a few ways you can. You can share the content, get the video out there, let your friends and family know about the channel. We also have uh, methods that you can support the channel. You can support us by joining the channel here on YouTube, getting access to emojis and badges. You can support us via Patreon by joining the channel there for a small monthly donation. We also have affiliate links with Amazon and eBay for your consumer purchases and KuCoin and Independent Reserve for your crypto trading. We sell pocket squares where you can see one hanging up behind me right here. Perfect for any function. Get a look at those on our website at Heiser Says. And finally, PayPal if you want to contribute that way. Thank you to everyone who's helping support the channel. It makes doing this a lot easier, particularly when I need to buy new equipment, new lighting, probably new hard drives actually, because recording all this data is, uh, is adding up. That's probably the next thing on my list. But anyway, guys, have a great weekend, and I'm probably going to get to my chores. See you later.